to episode six of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patsy the Angry Nerd, and I am the winner of the 2016 Super Megafest Star Wars Trivia Contest. That's right. I am that awesome. No, you're not. I totally am. No, you're not. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the Ironborn, (laughs) Pain in the Ass... Mean to me. I don't say mean shit to you. You say not to mean your, No, no, not to his face. No, no, not to his face. And that is Agent Nicole. And that is why you should be hashtag Team Patsy, not hashtag Team Agent Nicole. <laughs> we are also joined, as always, by the producer extraordinaire, the man with the velvet voice, Johnny Wolfenstein. Is that like a velvet rope? Kind of. Like it's a velour a uniform. It's like so butter rope. I have one of those. You should. We are uh, also desi- uh, designed. Desi- Jesus Christ. Wow. Yeah, we've well, been may, here for two weeks. Have, so you may be designed by. Well, we are me. here by the. <laughs> we are joined today. What the fuck? I should never host again. <laughs> we are joined today by the. Uh, uh, do you want me to do it? Yeah, just fucking do it. We have the wonderful, the beautiful, Aww. the real housewife of Transylvania, Mrs. Ashes My Nightmare. Hello, I'm almost out of wine. I told you to bring the wine in your bag, girl. There I is know. actually a box of wine on the counter. That I am these such two have been a lush. I have started buying my wine by the box. I love that you brought wine and it's in a sippy cup. It it's in, it's a in a sippy pink sippy cup. cup with a pink, like, twirly straw that goes to the bottom. And it says more sprinkles on it. Yeah. More sprinkles. It's mm-hmm. exciting. It's because we're cute. classy here. We, yes, are. we are. So will you actually be able to spit out who our guest is this oh, week? Actually, no, that's Nicole. Nicole's okay. oh, got good. this because oh, I'm not going to try that. Because yeah. he failed to up. say something nice about you. So I was trying. I was, like, excuses, combining multiple excuses. words. Words at the same time, like I'm trying to get ahead of myself. Shut up the fuck up! You shut up the fuck up! Oh, uh, words that make Pat- Patrick Patsy the angry nerd makes you say. Um, oh, yeah. Trying to sound like yeah. unchained shut, shut over up, here. The, shut up the fuck oh, up! Oh, okay. Well, you today, take that back. Yeah, can you please take that back? Whoever said that we sound like unchained. Well, if you no, introduce no them, everyone will to, know. To okay. the unchained guys, but anyways. Um, so we have a wonderful guest who would probably put you in a chokehold if you insult his favorite man crush, Ryan Gosling. True. He's known for dropping his trousers and eating yummy candy off the floor. True, true. <laughs> you can hear him on getting his ass smacked down on the Elm Street Kids Movie Cub. And Lawrence. hiding from the camera from Trick or Treat Radio. True. And he will be making his grand entrance on stage at the Cove on ten fifteen Rock and Shock Weekend. True. And with his monster hunting band, the Deadites, Mr. Dynamo Mars. Now that's a fucking intro right there. <laughs> that's team, what you do it, Patrick. Team Agent Nicole. You are yes, already yes, Team hashtag, Agent Nicole. Everybody is fucking Team, team Agent, Agent Nicole. Nicole. This is some horseshit. Now I know exactly. I know exactly how Dynamo feels, you know, on Elm Street Kids, where he is the least popular host. I know how. I'm not even the fourth. I'm not even the. That's why I said least popular host. Like everyone is like. And this is why you are not getting much love. You just say random bullshit, and people that is untrue. I say things that are connected with everything else that's going on. Quick shout out to uh, Miss Stephanie Wiley. No, don't give her a shout out. (laughs) (laughs) You are fantastic, and we love. Uh, Little known fact: Stephanie smells like ointment and pee. And secondly, smell like ointment and pee. 
secondly, (laughs) I'm used to it. People don't even know that I'm in the Deadites. They're like, oh, you're you're in that band with those two girls and the guy with the abs? But you're conducting the whole damn thing. No, they don't notice. If you ever see I any- notice. No, I- no, everybody just notices tiny. I went through 300 photographs one day, and I was in one incidentally, like when they accidentally catch Bigfoot. <laughs> he does exist. Yeah. All right. Uh, we uh, we have some questions for Dynamo. Yes, that, these uh, are my Nicole questions. Nicole came up with, so they're going to be nowhere near the quality that mine were. Your questions were good. See? And they will get... No. Hey, that was a good comeback. All right. Looks like Shut I'm not the, the only fuck one up. fucking up left Shut and right. Up. Shut up the so fuck up. So your first question, Dynamo. Yes, Ooh. Really? At least she can blame wine. <laughs> if you could trade lives with one person for an entire day, who would it be and why? Whoever the gauze is fucking. <laughs> no. Okay, shut up, Patsy. I would say for one day. Wow, that's tough. That's a real. That's a really great question. Thank you. Um, I don't know. I would probably. Uh, I would be Stephanie Wiley, and I'd be really nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I will give you some Chaco Tacos. All right, your second... I, I just have a follow-up to that. Yeah. If yeah. you were Stephanie Wiley, who would be you? Would she be you? I don't think she could Is handle it. Is this like it. Freaky Friday? No, I don't think she could handle it. That would be freaky. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just... I don't think you can occupy both bodies at the same time. Have you seen the size of me versus her? There's plenty of spillover. <laughs> she's like, I'm a real-sized human, and she's a peck. <laughs> Your second question. What yeah. underrated superhero or supervillain would you like to see um, on a TV or film adaptation? And not Blue Beetle because we covered that last yes. week. Um, uh, I am going to say the character Midnighter from The Authority um, because not only is he got... He has the... Uh, Healing factor of Wolverine, the mm-hmm. enhancements of Captain America, the bad attitude of Batman. <laughs> he also is um, openly uh, gay. Yeah. Which I think would be like a really interesting dichotomy, uh, especially in the political climate of uh, the United States and the world in general right now. That's a great choice. Um, your third question How do you handcuff a one armed man? That's that one. Um, I won't go into it, but that one hurts a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I've thought of it, um, and uh, it's uh, you. Um, I've really thought of it. In case you're wondering, you uh, right hand, left ankle, or whatever arm they have. So how do you get them into the police car? Then are you picking them up? You just uh, shove them in the back of the trunk. I've already knocked that one-armed man all the way down the stairs multiple times. <laughs> Depends on what you plan on doing with him. That's true. I plan on tasing him repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did in, in 1997 when he did sex on my girlfriend. Ooh. All right. Your third, qu- uh, fourth question, excuse me. Yeah. If you had, oh, if you had a famous author to write about your life, who would it be? Uh, I would say uh, Jonathan Mabry. Yeah, if I was f- it, f- on a, from like a how cool I pretend I am point of view, I would say Joe Lansdale. From uh, 
how not cool I really am, I would say Charles Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Charlie Brown? Yeah. Not. Nah, Charlie Brown has it better on me. He's got better hair. He's got more. And your last question, what is your favorite Ryan Gosling film and why? Drive. Uh, because I love the director, Nicholas Wayne Ruffin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has a lot of great um, music by Kavinsky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that the reason I like it the most is that um, I don't know that it works for everyone. I think it was made for people that love the type of films I love and love the type of literature I love mm-hmm. because it's written with a lot of uh, shorthand. Um, and it's and it's also visually stunning. And that fucking jacket. I was going to say that jacket is pretty sweet. Oh my god! I would walk a million miles on broken glass just to touch that jacket. Yeah, but if you have shoes on, that's not really that big of a deal. No, I'd be barefoot. But this is the gauze. Let's be honest. He would do anything for the gauze. I'd light myself on fire just to lick his bathtub. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. The outside or the inside? Either or. Whatever he can get. What side's he in? He is a a handsome man. I won't. That's so weird. Yeah. Uh, But thank you for answering my questions. No, it's my pleasure. I I like that. You both did awesome questions. Thank Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I know you like mine better. So, anyways, Nicole, uh, we got some some feedback from Miss Wiley. Uh, we did last oh, yeah. week, and uh, most of them <laughs> were directed towards you because she seems to feel bad for you that you have to be in the room with Dynamo and myself. Well, and I, I don't think you have to be here. You get to be here. Well, I enjoy having Dynamo around. You, I don't know. You. Ugh. Anyway, so she starts off. Lighting a candle for Nick Tompkins. That's my handler on Twitter. She's going to need it having to listen to Patrick Rahal and Dynamo Mars talk about some beetle all day. I didn't mind the talk. I enjoyed it very it's much. a specific beetle. Yes, a blue Ringo. Beetle. And then she said, oh my God, Nick Tompkins, have you seen this? And this was the Justice League. The, the, the new trailer. That, the new trailer. That uh, aired last week at San Diego Comic-Con. Yep. With Jason Momoa. Mama. Anyways, that was uh, so weird. <laughs> and then look, Dino Mars. I found a blue beetle, and it's a picture of the Beatles that she tweeted at Nicole. And uh, George Harrison has a blue shirt on. I don't know if that's the same guy because uh, that's a different blue beetle. Yeah, and he's not really blue. He just has a blue shirt. But so. I do love me some the Beatles. Anyway, some the Beatles. Some the Beatles. All right, and then nice hey, syntax Yoda. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> And then, hey, Patrick, Nicole, and Dynamo, what are your favorite blue blues Beatles song? Hashtag Blue Beatles. Hashtag Throw Down Thursday Podcast. Well, I don't think they really had any any bluesy songs. You know, a lot of their songs were very upbeat. But if I were to say mm-hmm. my favorite Beatles song would probably be uh, Maxwell's Silver Hammer because he yeah, smashes like people's heads and with a silver yeah. hammer. Referenced in the, the, the Deadite song Ghost. Yeah. Um, oh, darling, is pretty bluesy, right? Mm, that's true. On that, it's on that same record, I believe. Revolution, on, uh, Abbey Road. Huh. Yeah, Revolution's got a bit of that, you know, nice, you know, guitar there. How about you, Dino? What's your favorite Beatles song? I will not uh, fashion that communist okay. with an answer. Um, <laughs> I think. How about? I was gonna say, how about you? 
There's so many good ones. I think it's a tie. Well, no, we don't do ties on this show. Go fuck yourself. Oh. I do whatever I want. Um, it's going to be from the last album, the Let It Be album. Get Back is probably my favorite song. But that's not the Beatle we were talking about, Wiley. <laughs> and uh, Ashes, what is your favorite uh, song the Beatles do? Your favorite the Beatles song? Um, I want to hold your hand. I know, but what's your favorite song? It, well, ha uh, ha. Oh, I don't want to hold that's your cool. hand. Um, but, but no, I, I love just the the simplistic uh, simplicity of of that song, and it's just so genuine, you know. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I want to hold your hand, you know. Like when you really, 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 really like someone, you know, kind of like back in the day when I actually liked you. Mm-hmm. Kathy, <laughs> you used to buy me presents, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, and 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 you know, just just holding someone's hand is just it, it can be so. Uh, Therapeutic at times, you know, mm-hmm. just, just you know, the the passing of of oxytocin in in that type of embrace, you know, it's just it's so nice and so simple and so innocent. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna say I I want to hold your hand. Can in I a, hold your hand? In economy, oh, absolutely. <laughs> in in economy, Asia, Asia to Nicole the, uh, and I are holding hands right now. It's awesome. In economy to the uh, writing in that song too is brilliant. Like I, I feel like they really, uh, it's like just, you summed it up very eloquently. But I feel like they really knew what they. It's were so simple, but sure. it's so it's so catchy. Like I mean, I I, I just thought about That's it, what and the I have did. yeah, exactly. I I just thought about it, and I have the song stuck in my head now. Um, you I know? have I am the walrus cuckoo 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 cuckoo. All right. Bless you. Well, <laughs> that being said, I think it's time to uh, take our first break because yes. when we come back, we are going to be talking about the uh, second character that Dynamo has uh, chosen for us, and that is uh, Doc Savage. Yes, yes. And, you know, there's a, a movie coming out uh, where the Doc will be played by a man who Called rhymes with that name. and Doc! Thank you. I was going to say we'll tell you about that when we come back. That's called a teaser. But, you know, Agent Nicole skipping uh, rehearsal to drink wine and watch movies. Uh, she didn't get that part. This, so this podcast rehearses more than my band. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, let's head to that yeah, break. Let's, let's take yeah, our first what do you break. guys rehearse? I, I got to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> well, we say it should be spontaneous. This is a conversation you guys have at work, have outside okay. of work, right? When it comes to work, I try not to do talk to him. <laughs> no, because he'll come up and he's I like throw markers at her. Yeah, he throws shit at me. He throws all sorts of stuff, and I'm like, I don't have time to talk right now. I'm busy doing this and so that's why the the you know the rehearsals are the same way it sounds like yeah yeah like i have an idea and she's like oh i'm too busy so i throw markers because at her i have leave. shit to do see some people are really really good at their butt job and like work on the computer i gotta go all over the place some people are really good at their job and get everything done really quickly and then get ahead of their stuff patsy if it makes you feel better my assistant multiple times have told me that i have to walk Four feet behind her, so nobody thinks I'm her dad. <laughs> On that note, I think we should probably take yes, a break. because I'm going to kill Patsy right now. Nope. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death 
taxes, and trick-or-treat radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci. Douchebags. And we're back. I am not Patrick the Angry Nerd. You are welcome. <laughs> you sound so lovely. I love having you on the show. <laughs> Thank you. I try to be here every week. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Go fuck well, yourself. Later. And yeah. later. I have a headache. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, so we're back. Uh, and she was going to try and do some stuff, but there's way too much radio silence there because she's trying to say that she is the master of the dramatic pause, uh, when in fact that is uh, TV's Calculon, uh, who we will be discussing at some point, uh, just not today, because today we are discussing Doc Savage, who will be played by a man whose Red name Savage? rhymes <laughs> with the Doc, and that is Dwayne Johnson. So, Dynamo. Yeah, dude. Uh, tell us, what is it about Doc Savage that uh, appeals to you? Sort of the opposite of what appeals to me about Blue Beetle, right? Like, Doc Savage is that, like, uh, uh, I don't know, like that dream guy, right? He's the guy that could score the touchdown and do your science homework. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a super genius. Um but he also can, like, you know, kick ass 80s action star style. So he's, uh... uh he so you're saying he's the complete package. Yeah, I'd say. I, I, I'd say that's how he was, uh, you know, what he was designed to be. He was supposed to be, like, the the perfect hero. Like the alpha male among right. alpha males. So a sure. guy, like... Now, see, I don't know a whole lot about Doc Savage uh, other than the, the little bits of research that I've done. I know he's been around for a long time, but my first uh, my first exposure to him, you know, was, was doing my research. Like, I'd heard the name, but I didn't know who he was. And, you know, looking at him and, you know, the first thing I, I got from him was like a... You know, like a... a what's Johnny Quest's dad name? Benton? Uh, you're thinking of probably race, right? His uh, race banyan. Yeah. So like, like a that type of guy, or or like a an Indiana Jones or an Edgar Rice Burroughs Tarzan character, and mm-hmm. he looks and then like, like he the could Phantom be all mixed from together. The Mummy. That yeah. Guy. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, I think they took that character's outfit directly from the original artwork of the Pulps. 
Well, I mean, he was. It was you know took place in the '30s, so you know, that's oh. that's that you know time frame, and that's the the type of uh, style. He didn't have Doc Savage's you know know how. No, you know they gave that to uh, his his lady friend there, but you know Doc Savage to me is like a, a almost like if Batman decided instead of being Batman, he wanted to be Indiana Jones. Sure. Uh, but he's also like have in a way Batman hasn't augmented himself uh, I guess chemically to be like he's used his science to make him more than a man like in some stories he was almost like uh, partially bulletproof like uh, you know uh, he this seemed to be a theme though in the in the the early or late 30s early 40s like those types of characters where you know there was always like some sort of uh like the original incarnation of Blue Beetle took, you know, a magic vitamin or what have you. Right. And then you have, you know, the early 40s, was it 41 with uh, Captain America and the super superhero, uh, super soldier serum. Right. You know, that, that seemed to be like a, a, a theme that. Well, I think that comics. they all kind of came from, you know, Doc Savage predated mm-hmm. uh, all of that stuff. Um, in fact, uh, Doc Savage had a fortress of solitude, like, unquote, that, you know. Later, Superman would have a Fortress of Solitude. Yes. Um, they say that uh, the most obvious, like, you know, influences, the forefathers are two of the most famous characters on the Warner Brothers side of things. Batman and Superman are the Shadow and Doc Savage. But the reality is that there's a lot of Batman and Doc Savage, too, because though Doc Savage was strong and powerful and stuff like that, um, he was also really smart and, and used a lot of things with his brain and, you know, would would kick and punch some faces when need be. And, yeah, because um, a, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, Superman, when he first, uh, you know, appeared in comics, was not the massively overpowered, nope. you know, juggernaut that he is now. Like, he didn't even gain his ability to fly until the radio programs right. because it was it was easier to make a sound of someone flying than someone leaping through the air. Right. What's ironic is that I also think that in the comics, part of the reason that he kept getting new powers was that, um, you know, we talked about Dan Garrett, Blue Beetle, the original Blue Beetle, Mm -hmm. and Captain Marvel. Um, Superman kept getting copied. Every every week there would be a new, you know, person who did pretty much what Superman did. And and so I think that over time they started to add abilities and stuff like that to try to separate him from the 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 people that he you know he was basically that were copying him and what's you know it's it's funny is like they give you know superman all these crazy powers to kind of like distance him from the fact that you know he is doc savage you know he's not uh you know doc savage obviously didn't shoot lasers out of his eyes or have like freezing breath or stuff like that but you know he you know just the the the, I want to say like the principle of the character right. is what they they turned into Superman. Sure. Uh, what's neat about Doc Savage uh, is that if you look at a lot of the pulp characters of the day, they had a lot of different writers. Um, the pulp companies uh, had uh, like stage names, so if <clears throat> if you know, if Johnny wrote a shadow character, it would be written by the company's stage name. And if I wrote a shadow character, it'd be written by the company's stage name. Um, 
all of the Doc... Let me see if I want to say this right. <clears throat> all of the Doc Savage stories were written, supposedly, uh, were written in the company's stage name of Kenneth Robinson, but they, he was partially created, and almost all the stories were written by this fella named Lester Den. Um, you know, uh, it was at the Street and, Street and Smith Publishing House, which was pretty much the... Um, the like Marvel Disney of the time, like all the big characters were coming out of Street and Smith, the Shadow, the Avenger. Uh, in fact, the Avenger uh, was uh, written under the Kenneth Robinson name as well. But Lester Dent uh, didn't write very many of those, and there was probably like sixty or seventy different writers who wrote those. Um, but for whatever reason, Lester Dent took a liking to this character and, and just wrote all of them. Um, he was an adventurer, a scientist. I think the most, uh, the character that was a modern retelling of Doc Savage that your listeners will be familiar with is Buckaroo Bonsai. Okay, Buckaroo Bonsai was definitely the modern Rock Savage. Doc Savage. <laughs> he was a he was a ninja. He was a, a neuroscientist. Uh, he was a rock star. He was a engineer. Like uh, and he had a and one thing that was held over from Doc Savage to um, uh, to Bucker Bonsai was that he had a posse too. That even though uh, Bucker Bonsai might have needed him a little more because you know it, it it was like you know having Captain America hanging out with the A Team to have Doc Savage have a, a a character, but they definitely held over some of the things. For instance. Uh, uh, the, his 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 posse's names are absurd, so I'm gonna read a little here. But uh, he had a uh, a group of allies, and one of those allies were named Brigadier General Theodore Maley Ham, as a nickname, <laughs> Brooks. And Ham was not only like this, you know, lawyer and Doc's right hand man. Uh, he was also supposedly one of the most handsome and best dressed men. They'd always, uh, you know, comment on that. Like he was very flamboyant and like very well dressed. And face. I think in Bucker Bonsai, a direct kind of uh, riff on that is the character Pretty Tommy, who was uh, Doc's uh, ryth- uh, Bucker's rhythm guitar player and is kind of right hand man and kind of dressed like um, uh, a. You know, a bit of a Pinkerton almost. Like, he, you know, he always had uh, pink scarfs on and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I think that that's probably the character that you guys would be most interested in. How my generation knows Doc Savage is there was this artist. I'm terrible with names now, and it's uh, and I'm old. Um, you'd go to, like, bookstores, and there would be all these cool pulps. And the original Doc Savage was drawn like Indiana Jones or Brandon Frazier from The Mummy. Like, it looked just like that. Uh, the way it was recreated for these, like, 70s books, um, he he looked like a fucking unreal, like, crazy, uh, like, superhero with... This like totally exaggerated willow, widow's peak that almost looked like a helmet. Um, no matter what he was doing, his shirt was always torn. And yeah. uh, it was by this great artist named James Bama, who was definitely in the um, in the uh, you know in Frazetta or any of those great book artists of the time. Um, 
you know, anybody who's been downstairs in the crypt will see that I have a giant James Banner Doc Savage poster yep. on my wall. Um, I always thought it was funny that James Banner's Doc Savage never, like, was in a state of a day that his shirt wasn't torn completely off. But, um, you know, and Doc Savage fought werewolves and giants and the mob and, you know, whatever. And what's interesting about it is when that happened with other pulp characters, it was because lots of writers would go. So some writers didn't like supernatural elements, so they would, you know, you know, they liked the mob, or yeah. they liked political intrigue. So you know, one week the event, you know, the shadow of somebody would be dealing with something like that. Um, though Doc had like a lot of um, different things like that, uh, having that one writer kind of always made it seem like it was in the same world. You know, so even though sometimes he would fight the mob. Um, you know, the mob would be, as opposed to just doing typical mob stuff, they would be making like a, a super ray gun or, or something that, you know, kept it in the world. And a lot of the monsters were sort of Scooby-Doo-ish, too. Like, it turned out to be like a, like the World's Fair goblin turned out to be like a... The guy know, running a, the haunted amusement park. Yeah, some sort, of a, some sort of a scam to do something else. So, what I love about a lot of the pulp books definitely went on in Doc Savage, too, because it was a cool idea to have, you know, Batman always fights the same villains. The Shadows fought vampires and mobsters and Mm -hmm. whoever was writing the book. Doc did all that cool stuff, but it was all under that Lester Dent eye, and it all felt, it all feels, I I still read those pulps all the time, it all feels very uniform and very together. Yeah, see, I, you know, the way you're describing the the way, if people haven't seen any of these, um, these covers... Just uh, kind of imagine the way uh, Bruce Campbell's Ash is depicted on, yeah. <laughs> on the uh, Army of Darkness, where he's like holding up, or any of those. Sure. Well, like, I think even that's like why. the Star Wars and yeah. stuff like that. Like they've taken. That's another thing that yep. that Doc Savage has uh, kind of sure. spawned. Well, off. all those pulps, you know, like uh, Flash Gordon. Uh, I, I think hidden iteration in the late '60s, early '70s, where he got a little more little more jacked and a little, you know, like the cartoon version that we probably watched when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like that was a very, uh, you know, they're both very typical Superman pulp characters. Um, but, you know, like I, I think that there was the shadow and then there was Doc Savage and everything else kind of spun out of that as far as the pulps go. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they don't know these speci- these specific characters but in a way, they do because, exactly. you know, everything that's come from that, you know, like, you know, a lot of people complain that, you know, Superman is too boring and, and because he's so overpowered. But, you know, like you said, everybody kept copying him. And, you know, every time somebody came out, you know, a new character came out that was super strong and could fly, like, you know, it was obviously a ripoff of Superman. And Superman, you know, is essentially... You know, as as he's been described, the the Ubermensch, the literal Superman. You know, the 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 ideal. You know, so he's more of an idea than a than a than a character, but that all stems from you know his roots as Doc Savage. But Doc Savage was a more a more believable character. Yeah, in a way. You know, for sure. They both had something in common, I feel, for, you know, being really familiar with Doc. And, you know, you can't read comics without coming, you know, contact with Superman a lot, whether you want to or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's like, uh, 
you know, herpes in my high school. Like, there's a chance that you you ran across it, whether it's the plan or not. But uh, I I think that they both have in common where Superman had a lot of powers. Doc being able to do anything had that. Uh, I always say this word incorrectly. That that uh, Deus Machina, where like he's like the you know days, he'd, he'd have an invention or he'd have a you know what I mean. He'd have like a, a you know like a, he'd know like like you know well it you know it just so happens that I actually do know this rare form of ancient Atlantean language you know and can read the way to get out of here or whatever and that's, else you know that's Batman's utility belt right exactly it's like oh I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this oh fortunately I always carry my shark repellent bat spray sure you know like no matter what it is like he it's it's in the belt I have a question yeah is a lot of the doc, doc savage stuff is it like each comic was a different story or was there like a continuous storyline well originally he was in the pulps uh and then he hit comic iterations i i'm not I'm, i'll be honest i'm not 100 percent sure of this i think his first comic appearances were after he was in a film uh and now uh geez I, he was at he was at super mega fest a few years ago uh it's not George Reeves. I remember it when we're off air, but the actor who played Doc Savage, um, they made a film in the 70s, and Marvel Comics did an adaption, and then did a um, series of comics off it that were very Marvelized versions of these old pulp. Ron Eli? Th- yep. Thank you. Uh, they were very Marvelized versions of these be. old pulp comics uh you know like the villains all had like super villain type type costumes and stuff like that and uh then marvel put out marvel was very uh known for putting out these black and white magazines that were a little more like not adult in a dirty sort of way but they were like just noir. like yeah well they they ended up you know they could uh like in the hulk it, you know doc savage was doc savage was doc savage but like that you know in the hulk there's a hulk and a moon knight one and a horror one and a uh you know a a, a deadly hands of kung fu was another title and uh, they're pretty tame by now standards but they you know handled more they were like PG-13 to the Marvel comics PG or PG to the Marvel comics G of the time and there was a Doc Savage one and and these were you know, had some of the greatest, uh, you know, writers and artists of the time, you know, went through those stories. Uh, but the pulps, the way the pulps were set up, Nicole, if I'm, re- if, if, if the recreations I have are accurate, mm-hmm. um, is that they were 10 cents, I think, 10 or 5 cents, and they came with two, like, 35-page stories. Um, and so awesome. In the way, and when they were put in paperback... They were printed s- smaller, mm-hmm. so the page count would be bigger. And when they came out, you know, in the 60s and 70s, they were these small... There's not really anything to compare them to now, but they, they were these small 100-page... Like novellas? Yeah, paperback books, you know, and, and they were numbered. And, uh, you know, later on, there was 70s versions of these characters uh like uh do you guys know the film remo williams the adventure begins i've heard of it but yeah i, don't, I, have I haven't not. seen so it. it's a great little movie but remo williams was a character named the destroyer and he was kind of another doc savage like mm-hmm. 
proxy. He was trained by a Mr. Miyagi-type character to be so good at fighting and martial arts that he could run up walls and climb walls. And so like a, a crouching tiger. Run across thing. water and stuff like that and catch bullets. You know, so he was a very Doc Savage-type character as well. Oh, that's cool. Now, you know, what was your first... Uh, your your first exposure to Doc Savage, like when did you start getting into him and realize that this was a character that those that books wanted? that I wasn't allowed to get? I don't know what my parents thought was in there. I think they thought that they were the same as the Destroyer books of the Remo William, the Destroyer, and then there was another uh, character named the Executioner. Um, and they were these pulp books. My dad had them all. And they were just a little more racy because they came out at a more modern time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also looked like... Uh, trashy romance novels? Kind of, or the, similar to trashy romance novels. The There were these things called men's adventure magazines that were the the uh, kind of the parents of the pulps, uh, the children of the pulps. And they would have short adventure stories. They would have very racy looking covers with like, you know, how... How will she survive her weekend with the SS and, like, you know, a girl, uh, you know, pretty much naked and, you know, being whipped by Nazis or, you know, a, 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 a beautiful woman in, like, a snake pit. So that's kind of what the modern covers look like. Uh, so a combination of those two things, though the books were super tame and very PG, um, I wasn't allowed to read them. Uh, I didn't get to see any Doc Savage until... Um, me and my uh, best buddies, Tiny White and Hugh Bouchard, discovered that Ron Eli adaption of Man of Bronze in our video store and took it home and watched the... It was terrible. It was more like a Batman 66 than, you know, the Pulps or anything that'll come after, but mm-hmm. I don't know. We just fucking... Something about that character we loved from those pulp covers and... Uh, we just fucking watched the watched the crap out of that movie. I'm gl- I like that I said fuck and then felt like it was necessary to say crap. <laughs> Language. Oh, I'd better yeah. fucking censor myself. Yeah, Jesus. So. <laughs> Good work, Mars. But yeah, that was that was probably the pulp covers. But I didn't actually see what Doc was all about until uh, that Ron Eli movie. So what uh, what are what are some uh, if someone's interested in getting into these these stories and getting into this character. What are uh, what are some stories that they should they should check out? Should they check out the film? Should they check out you know the pulps? Should it be the comics? You know what what do you recommend? Um, I would say for the mo- I don't want to uh, if the comics are pretty easy to find and they're pretty cheap. Uh, the Marvel run and uh, I think it was IDW just put out a reprint of some of the magazine stuff um, in a beautiful hardcover. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to read it yet, but I've sat down and and kind of thumbed through it, and there's some phenomenal artists in there. Stradanko did some of the covers and stuff, if I recall. And uh, that's cool if you want to make the investment of it. The pulps um, are also accessible now. I will uh, put a link on you guys' page so uh, you can actually get a recreation of the original pulp magazines, but I think okay. that those will be uh, kind of boring for today's today's listener. But I'm uh, excited. I want to read some of that stuff. Yeah, they're pretty quick and a pretty fun read. I will say that they are uh, in the same way that anything that probably came out in the 20s. Uh, you know, if you look at King Kong and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, they're sort of racist. You know, anytime Doc went to deepest, darkest Africa, it was deep and dark, if yeah. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, and, he, and he, you know, he, he, he treated every foreign country he went to in a very manifest destiny sort of way. So, uh, but, you know, other than that, they're enjoyable. And, and, and you know, just, but I, I, what I was going to say is it's going to be very different probably than anything that happened. But, uh, you know, Dwayne Johnson looks like Doc Savage in those old uh, 70s book covers. And uh, Shane Black is one of the greatest uh, screenwriters in uh, modern history. So, do you do you agree with those casting decisions? Sure. The, okay, yeah. You can I mean, you can't do as close as you can do to those old pulp stories. Is uh, you know, uh, the the Indiana Jones trilogy. Yeah. Um, even the Mummy, which I liked, seems more modern. Yeah. Like those Indiana Jones books. Uh, those Indiana Jones movies do a good job of being real and feeling like those old old fantastic stories at the same time. Um, so I think that you just not even modernize it. I think that it just like if you made a list of things that worked in the seventies comics or in the original pulp novels from back in the day, and you made a li- and put it next to a thing of things that do work, I, I think the don't work would fire away it. So I think it needs a modern upbringing, and you know Shane. Shane's a smart guy. I thought you know, you thought he could only do Lethal Weapon and stuff like it, but the Nice Guys is is pretty different th- than that. But has all the things that are good about it. So no, is I, there, I, am, I do I do agree. Ash. If it was if it wasn't The Rock, who would you who would you want on that? Like I, who is your like your top three actors that from any any time like well you, the Rock looks like those fucking Banna books. Well, I was gonna say yeah. like, if you, like <laughs> if you could pull yeah you know Harrison Ford circa Temple of Doom. Sure, he would be great. I think that um, uh, you know, if you look at the old pulp covers, um, Pratt Chris Pratt would wouldn't be a bad Doc Savage. Um, uh. I, the the younger Liam Hemsworth is he the younger one? I believe yeah, so. yeah, yeah would, yes. wouldn't be a bad Doc Savage like you know he just kind of looks like a normal adventurer guy you know Indiana Jones looked like Doc Savage you know uh, Brendan Fraser in the Mummy like looked like Doc Savage what about like a, a young Mel Gibson circa Mad Max sure he would fit more into the racist pulp books probably yeah but um, <laughs> um, he would you know any of those normal looking guys would be great but like. Literally, the the thing that I didn't like about R- Eli when I was growing up, and I'd never seen the original pulp covers. I'd only seen the 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 novel, you know, re- reprints of those, um, the Banner reprints. Is that Joe Eli looked like a normal guy, and like the way Banner drew this guy was a fucking bronze god, you know, and like a Ric Flair. No, like <laughs> like the fucking rock. Like he like he looks like though he is more Caucasian than the rock. Yeah. Like he looks like the fucking rock. Maybe I would say the closest next thing would be like Batista. Like okay. like there's not a lot of humans on earth that look like the way those old Banna, you know, characters made him made him look, you know? Uh, so you like know Schwarzenegger without the Schwarzenegger accent. again was 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 somebody who I when I was growing up was Schwarzenegger was almost Doc Savage. That was the rumor. You know there wasn't internet, but that was the rumor that you would hear all the time in the in the part of like Starlog where they would talk about like stuff that people were making. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger's bought the rights to make Doc Savage and and this that and the other thing and 
Um, you know, like a lot of those '80s action guys would be aesthetically right, but yeah. uh, you know now. I mean, it's the fucking rock. If you look at that banner thing, like you'll never find a, a better casting choice I than agree. the rock. You yeah, know? like just some of the pictures that I saw. Like you said, you know, Doc Savage is like you know, you know this this blonde, you know, blue eyed, you know, white guy. But you know, the rock physically looks like Doc Savage. Sure. Well, the uh, you know the pulp no- novel one. That's what he is, but. That banner, like, it doesn't even look like a human. Like I said, his widow's peak looks like a fucking helmet. Yeah. Like, he, 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 he's seldom all the way dressed. It's like, like a, he's, uh, he's very bad. The doc, the one thing I took away from Doc Savage from reading, looking at those novel recreations for hours while my parents bought used books at the used bookstore was that he never, at least on the cover of the books, he never found the problem. Like, it'd be like, the listeners can't see, like, I'm Doc Savage striking a pose because I'm looking for a werewolf, and the werewolf <laughs> is behind me. Yeah. Or, like, I'm... Like the Hardy Boys yeah, covers? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm <laughs> I'm Doc Savage. Like, I'm looking for the terror of the deep, and there's tentacles behind me. Like, somehow a fucking Cthulhu <laughs> snuck up on me. Like, so, like, you know, uh, they were all kind of framed to say, Oh, I'm Doc Savage, and here's a Yeti behind me. And he's, like, behind... Like, in a tree, like, either trying not to be detected or he's, like, yeah. looking off in the wrong direction. That's the only other outfit he had on those banner covers, by the way, was Doc Savage, like... Arctic like, gear. Yeah, Arctic gear. <laughs> so, he might have had a deep-sea diving type thing, but I think most of the time, someone he'd be rescuing would be in a deep-sea diving thing, and he'd be swimming around in the bottom of the ocean with his fucking snorkel pants and his, <laughs> his huge leather belt and his rip shirt. In his helmet haircut. And there'd be like a fight in a shark. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's cool. He's a character. I think that Doc Savage, with the exception of a cartoon, because this was a radio show, I think Flash Gordon might be the guy that has him beat as far as like the not Superman or Batman, like the more obscure originators. But like Doc Savage is a character that's gone upon like if you enjoy a certain type of media... You can find Doc Savage there. He was a book. He was a. He's, he just recently IDW did a series of Doc Savage books that uh, was cool. Like it took him throughout. Like started in the twenties and went all the way up to like the now of his adventures and stuff like that. Uh, there's the seventies magazines. Like uh, there's a radio drama. Like he's been everywhere. So awesome. Well, that was a, an excellent discussion on Doc Savage. Thank and you. I think we learned it was really great. quite a bit. Um, so I think now would be a, a, another good time to take our second break, and then we'll come back, we'll uh, do a couple more things, and then uh, we will uh, head out. We'll let you out after two weeks. I don't want to leave. <laughs> I'm Robert E. Runsky Jr. I'm James Boyacha. I'm Crazy Ivan Shablotsky. And introducing me, Chris Nigro. And we are the TVCU crew. Join us each week on the Television Crossover Universe podcast as we interview great authors and filmmakers. Talk about crossovers. And shamelessly plug our other projects. Catch us each and every Tuesday on iTunes. Or streaming on the TelevisionCrossoverUniverse.com. The Television Crossover Universe podcast is proud to be part of the Grand Geek Null Network.
Patrick Ray Hall in the motherfucking house. <laughs> Patrick Ray Hall in the motherfucking house. Patrick Ray Hall in the motherfucking house. Patrick Ray Hall in the motherfucking house. And we're back. I'm sorry if you missed us, but we're here now. So, what we're going to do right now is, last week we talked about our uh, our battles. We had gone through the first uh, first battle in each of the four brackets, and last week we had introduced another battle from the uh, Guns Are Fun division, which kind of closed that division up. So... What I'm going to do is I'm going to let our guest choose which division we're going to do next. Dynamo, would you like to do stick him with the pointy end? Uh, he's not even paying attention because he doesn't have his head. F- okay, he does, he can hear me. All right, that's good. I just cause I, we're in the same room just because I don't have my headphones on. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know how good your hearing is. I know that your advanced aid. That's fair. Hey, I, I, hey, hey. I do know that the person that normally sits in that chair is completely stymied by technology, So, but I can hear you. Wait, you can hear me without your headphones? What an age we live in. I know. Is uh, that is that because of the Facebook? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, you get the choice. You can choose from the stick them with the pointy end division. And that's uh, basically sword. Sure, sure, sure. People. The supernatural superstars. Mm-hmm. Or the out of this world division. I am going to go with the supernatural superstars because that's my, that's my joint right there. All right. So... We've already had one battle from this, and that was the Peggy Carter versus Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and you all know how that turned out. That probably went poorly for Peggy Carter. It's uh, actually the closest battle we have had to date. Really? Yes. Uh, Pretty much every other one has been a massive landslide. So this one, this is an interesting one, because I tried to pick a couple of uh, very interesting characters uh, with contrasting styles. I have Abigail Whistler, who is from, uh, you'll know her as Jessica Biel from the third Blade movie, I believe it is. With, yes, the uh, third one. Blade yeah. Trinity. Blade Trinity yes. with Triple H and Ryan Reynolds playing yet another superhero character, Hannibal yep. King. And, and, and Parker Posey. And Parker Posey. Oh. And Wesley Snipes as the titular Blade, not to mention James Ramar is also in this one. Oh, James Ramar! And she will be going up against Melissa McBride's Carol Pelletier from The Walking Dead. Oh. So we have one uh, one fighter who uh, you know uses her, her skill and her fighting ability uh, and her youth against a, an against older Carol. lady. That's Carol. Uh, against Carol. Against Carol. She uh, is also known as the Cookie Monster. Nom, 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 nom. She uh, uses a lot of stealth techniques, a lot of... Uh, she uses her mind a lot more because, you know, if it was a straight-up fight, like, it it would not be... It would be over very quickly, and Abigail Whistler would just instantly defeat her. So this is more, you know, skill against skill. So that... And that'll close out the uh, Supernatural Superstars division, so that only leaves us with two <laughs> Abigail. <fights>. <laughs> <laughs> Team Carol. That's Team that's fine. Carol. Team Carol. I already know that Stephanie will vote for uh, Carol. She loves her some Carol. Love Carol. Um, Would you like some cookies? Nom 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 nom. <laughs> so that's this week's battle. The uh, obviously the poll will be up on the website, the Facebook group, as it always is. And uh, Agent Nicole, have you anything for us? Uh, for my Agent Nicole files. Well. 
Yeah, why not? Um, lately, I've been watching a lot of old, well, I wouldn't say old television, but if anyone knows me very well, they know how much I love comedy, comedy films, comedy television. Um, recently, I just got back into watching uh, The State. If anyone doesn't know what The State is, it's a former, uh, well, it's not a former, it's a comedy troupe. Uh, Michael Ian Black's in it, uh, Michael Show, uh, Showalter, Tom Lennon, uh, Carrie Kenny. Um, it was they had, they had four seasons on MTV from 1993 to 2000, uh, 1995. Um, it's a great show. It they they came from being in uh, New York University and they've made it big and they're fantastic and it's a great. It kind of spins off of. Uh, Wet Hot American Summer and Rio uh, Reno Nine One One and Children's Hospital. So there's a lot of great talents and it's, it's freaking hilarious. So definitely check it check them out. It's on Hulu. Nice. I haven't I haven't seen that one, um, but I will check it out. I used to watch Reno Nine One One a little bit, but I love that a show that uh, Dynamo and I would watch back in the day <laughs> when we were adults is an old television show. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you remember Sorry. a week ago, she turned 27. So. Yeah. I, I think of like... By that time, I, I was like, actually three, four years old when yeah. it came out. I think so. of like Abbott and Costello. Sure. Like, as the old show. Or as we Nicole gonna, calls him, Albert and Costello. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about, uh, you know, like Goma Pyle or something. Yeah. <laughs> I watched Goma Pyle. Sure as okay, I am. From the grunge years. There we go. Oh, don't, don't say don't, that next yeah, time. Don't sorry. even don't <laughs> even say it. Should. From the Ixnay on the grunge nay. The nineties. There you go. The nineties. Yeah, no, 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 no. Don't talk about that either. Yeah. All right. So I uh, before I get to my science fact, I'd like to talk about a couple of things that uh, you know I've been I've been uh, checking out lately. Uh, of course, I've been you know listening to the the shows on the Grand Guignol Network. You know, obviously, uh, you know the Outside Corner, Unchained. The TVCU that you just heard the promo for a few moments ago, uh, Elm Street Kids, Trick or Treat Radio, of course. Uh, I I listen to our show sometimes. Uh, mainly you just like listening to I yourself. He really does voice. enjoy listening to his own tw- voice. Just but just there were a few shows that I listened to that are not on the network that I would just like to talk about for a few moments. Okay. Uh, sure, you can join my files. At- Atomic Age Media uh, with Jeremy McFarlane and Martin. Uh, they do a great show. I really enjoy it. And, you know, you can check those guys out. They are uh, an every other week podcast. They love hearing from their listeners. So definitely, you know, send them some feedback. Uh, they're at uh, atomicagemedia at gmail.com, I believe. I, I hope I'm not screwing that up. But you can definitely find them on Facebook, and they have all their links there. Uh, I also let, I, I really enjoy, and I know Dynamo uh, really enjoys... Uh, this show, and that is the Punch Farm podcast. Yeah, I love it. Those guys are great. Uh, a lot of times, they will talk about tacos and punching babies. Yep, that's really Dynamo only gets one. Really excited. One, I uh, enjoy all those things. <laughs> that's really only one of their uh, members. So much, so much excitement that he'll come on his own shirt. That's true. <laughs> and blame it on someone else. Listen, I don't know, but that's okay because you have the semen CSI judge there, yeah. uh, Monster Zero, yeah. who will tell you what is and is not uh, ejaculate. Yeah, I don't even understand the physics of how I supposedly came on that pile well, of I'll, I'll send you a pamphlet. Like, did I go back? Did I... 
like masturbate so feverishly that I went into the future and was behind me and came on my. I'll back. tell you what happened. I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> it was being packaged up yeah. by Nikki, and mm-hmm. she had some sour cream on her taco, and that's what dropped onto your shirt. Could be because she because tr- she couldn't put the taco she down. Loves long tacos. She does. And corn dogs. And corn dogs. Uh, but yeah, we actually got a chance. Uh, Ashes and I and, and you boys got a chance to meet Mark, who yep. was uh, one of the hosts, and his wife, Alicia. We got yep. to meet them at Scaricon. It was very nice. They're so fucking cool. They really are. Yep. Absolutely lovely people. I'm yeah. the lame one that didn't go to Scaricon. You were at, yeah, but you were at Wizard World. You're yes. not the only lame one. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Also, uh, I've been I've been checking out El Goro's show, Talk Without Rhythm. Fucking the best critic in the biz. He is so smart. He knows so much about film. It's redonkulous. And the best thing about this guy is... His voice? Well, other than his oh, voice. Jesus. Like butter. But he, uh, he's so positive Like when it comes to encouraging people to voice their opinions on things. Right. And he, is, he will never, ever, ever disparage you. For having a different opinion. I mean, unless you're an asshole about it, then no. he'll just rip your spine out and beat you with it. Yep. But he will, you know... That's like kinda like Goro? Mm-hmm. Yes. From Mortal Kombat? That's a, a, he's actually Spanish. Fatality. Um, but no, he's a wicked cool dude. And he's uh, great. I'm, I'm very excited to meet him in uh, in October. October when he's up uh, yeah. for the, the Deadites show at the Cove on October 15th. I legitimately which, don't know how he puts up with me. He has I don't patience. He yeah, <laughs> he has patience uh, to rival his biceps. Yeah, it's outrageous. Like he is so positive, and I am so negative and awful all the time. Like, and his dog is wicked awesome. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to meet him. Rock and Shock Weekend, which is actually the same weekend as a certain Miss Von Nightmare's birthday. That's me. So that is her birthday weekend, so everybody come out uh, not only for the Deadites and for Rocket Chuck, but also to see Ashes on her birthday and say happy birthday. And gonna party bust, with me. You two going to bust out your birthday suits? <laughs> I will not. Uh, apparently, mine needs to be taken in because there is a lot of excess material here. Wow. Uh, yeah, so, so those are some of the shows I've been listening to. Uh, I have a few that are also on my list that I need to get better at listening to like uh the the cult of muscle show i need to listen to more oh man those two are fucking great and you know uh who are some of the other ones radio violenta is one that's good too buttercup of doom is one that i was uh never heard of that yeah it's a friend of mine uh amber fallon who just released a book called terminal oh no kidding really yeah she uh i think she is fucking terrific she is a great kid. I, I really like her. And, and she makes a really good mac and cheese. Bacon mac. She invited yes. us over and yes. made bacon mac and cheese for us. And, it and was her phenomenal. dogs are adorable. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, looking forward to having her on uh, both the shows at some point. I'm going to reach out. And I really think you should. She's a, a, an excellent writer. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually got uh, some harsh criticism from one of the uh, readers of her book. Uh, she posted it on Facebook a while back because the protagonist of her uh, her story, Terminal, is a gay man. Uh, someone wrote to her and said some mean, hurtful, evil things and then told her that they didn't even finish the book. They burned it. That means wow. you made it, honey. Because the protagonist is gay. So just... 
It's very unf- I read her book. I actually read it while so she should say say thanks for the money yeah thank you. yeah that's what yeah. i said <laughs> well we actually uh, i read the book when i took dynamo to his appointment about yeah. a month or so ago I, when I they were shooting me book. full of magic juice uh, and i thought it, i thought it was phenomenal i got the kindle version i i gave her a great review i thought it was a great story it's all about aliens and you know people fighting through you know this alien invasion that happens at uh, an airport right before christmas which is right up your alley it is right up my i was hoping that it would uh, take place at the Denver International Airport because if you've never seen pictures of this, check out pictures of the Denver International Airport. They have murals there depicting like the four horsemen of death. Oh, I was yeah. just gonna say, isn't the, there some like really crazy shit? The goes, horse that they have, you know, you it, like, at the first li- glance. Yeah, at first oh, glance, right? you think it's like, oh, Denver International Airport. There's a horse, Denver Broncos, like it, but it's yep. this white. Veiny horse with red eyes, which is easily the the horse for the horseman of death. Like, look at some of these pictures. There's guys with gas masks, like standing over children in coffins holding Bibles. I'm not making any of this up. All of this is true. Just Google Denver International Airport. Is that the airport the that supposedly has a underground like yeah, underground tunnel is. that leads yeah. to Dulce Base in Dulce, New Mexico? Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's a we're not walk. Oh, well, they have uh, maglev trains. Uh, That's magnetic levitation trains. Kill but we're not gonna we're not gonna get into that. Uh, so what we're gonna do though is we uh, we're gonna wrap it up with my science fact, and then we're gonna call it a, a night. So, so I know Wolfie wants to get out of here. He's probably been here since you know last week, and uh, he likes to go home occasionally. Occasionally. So what we're gonna do today is I'm gonna teach you how to convert. Kelvin to Fahrenheit. Uh, this is a useful trait because a lot of times... <sighs> I wish I couldn't hear you. When Just you Google. get into uh, especially space stuff, and when you get into really high temperatures, it's always in Kelvin, especially if you're looking at science stuff. So you take the temperature in Kelvin, subtract 273.15 degrees... And you get Hobbes. Multiply, <laughs> multiply that by 1.8, and then add 32. So if... 288 degrees Kelvin is 59 degrees Fahrenheit. And that is your science fact of the week. Uh, Wolfie, I think we're just about done here. The girls are taking uh, crazy, boring shit. science selfies. Oh, God, you once again, majored dropping. in this shit. Dynamos, and once again, we proved that the me. chug jug is indestructible. <laughs> Dynamo is throw, giving himself a chug jug he enema just, over there. He was like, fuck this shit. Anything jug, to get jug, out of the show. Jug, jug. Uh, so, Di- as always. Oh, wait, I was going to say thank you to Dynamo. I wasn't. Oh, no, no, no. Thank you, you guys. I, I think not only do I uh, uh, owe the two people down the table, end of the table, very, very much. Uh, no. They've made this shitty couple of years. Uh, you know, uh, in, in fact, there are three people in this room uh, that I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them right now. And uh, so the the pleasure is all mine. I th- and not only that, I think that the idea of your show is awesome, and uh, I think the uh, execution of your show is awesome. And you uh, you're uh, making a, uh, a a couple of uh, stars right here with your co-host. So thank you very much. Awesome, thank you, uh, and, and you're welcome. To as come a back as anytime. a uh, thank you to you, I'm not uh, leaving. We will not invite yes. you back next week when our guest will be Stephanie Wiley. Yeah. And we will be discussing Ellen Ripley. <laughs> Sorry, we'll be. <laughs> so, that being said, we will see you next, next Thursday. Thursday.